0: So, Michaela, given that this is the uh, Father's Day episode, Mm -hmm. I've got a question for you about your dad. Yep. What's your fondest memory of your dad?
1: Uh, We're spending four days in Las Vegas with him, uh, drinking and gambling all the money that we had, and he had to ring his relatives to send more money because we'd run out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Trading's Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome back to the Tradies Business Show. Michaela can't hear anything That's better. in yeah. her headphones. <laughs> so we're on location today, which we is are. why uh, we're just getting the gear right. But uh, it is a Father's Day episode, and mm-hmm. I'm really impressed that your fondest memory of your dad, Michaela, is... Uh, Gambling all your money away. Yes. That's awesome. Really set you up well in life.
1: Yeah, and drinking and, and drinking. gambling. <laughs> and uh, he'd sleep all day and I'd do the day shift and then eventually he'd wake up and we'd go again during the night. So luckily it was only four days because, yeah, we ran completely out of money. You
0: would have racked up a big debt.
1: We did. We It was thousands.
0: And the relatives came to your rescue, so that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and I didn't tell anyone until his funeral when I read out a letter to him and it said that that was my fondest memory and um who we borrowed the money off was in the audience so we you know yeah, and my mother the... was just like oh, <laughs> be mortified. In, the, in the front of the church like i can't <laughs> believe you just did that and told me that now yeah
0: yeah well she would have killed him if uh anyway let's move on <laughs> didn't have to <laughs> so we have a uh well i'd like to say he's a special guest he's um, a very special guest um, but he's, he's like the most special guest that we could have on the tradies business show uh so listeners you're privileged to um to have an interview with my father on the tradies business show so we're sitting with uh my dad roy uh so welcome to the show dad this is, mm, this, welcome. is th- yeah. this is a little bit weird isn't it mm, excellent,
2: <laughs> excellent. <laughs> we're smiling
0: <laughs> so uh for our listeners, uh, my dad's never been on a podcast. I don't think he's been on radio. He's probably been recorded a couple of times before. So this is probably a little bit new. Yeah, a policeman uh,
2: asked me that once. Yeah, or, can yeah. I record your, what you're going oh, to Oh, so
0: say? Only, only in the police interview. Uh, so he's probably watching me doing this uh, thing. Right, so this is that podcasting thing that you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so we should ask my dad some questions, McCartan. I might let you <laughs> do a bit more of the asking.
1: <laughs> well, of course. Say, so, Of course I've got to ask. You've got to tell me an embarrassing kid story about Warwick straight away. It's just embarrassing one. Embarrassing story
2: about Warwick? Yeah, just big one. I'm just sure one. there's hundreds. Just well, one. There's and and really there's a family rated right show. never so. been any real embarrassing uh, stories about Warwick because he was the firstborn and over three years older than the next one. But uh, he never really embarrassed us, only when we uh, couldn't get his temperature down in Canberra from nearly 40 degrees and we had to go to the hospital. Oh. That was a pretty embarrassing time. A bit See, I told you I was a good boy. Yes, and we, no one uh, believes me. We oh, this is going to be one, a boring show, isn't it? Yeah, rushed him <laughs> in the Wayne Valley Hospital uh, and, and three nurses worked on him for about two and a half hours to get him down by, what was it, half a degree? About half a degree and then they said, that we can't do any more, now you can take him home. So I stood in the shower with him, nursing him and just let the water run on him and me the whole time for ages and we finally settled in. You know, that's about the and we should probably
0: clarify I wasn't 23 years old. <laughs> yeah. being, embarrassing, in the dad,
2: embarrassing the fact that mum and dad couldn't fix he, fix his problem. Ah,
0: There you go. Aww. See, my real estate value just went up on this show, didn't it? Uh, thanks, Dad. I'll come and mow the lawn for you later. Uh So, listeners, we're actually sitting in my parents' house, um, and given that this is the Tradies Business Show, and we talk a little bit about Michaela's and my background, but we're sitting in the house where I actually grew up. Uh, so my parents have lived here, and I lived here for a big part of it, for 36 years, and uh, it's the house that my mum and dad actually built, and I'm looking up at the ceiling now while we sit here, and there's not a single crack in the ceiling. Uh, I can see a few nail heads just sort of swelling through the plaster. But uh, so Dad built this house um, while working back in the 70s, and uh, that's that's a bit of my tradie heritage. Uh, so some of my fondest memories are actually of living here on this property um, on the beautiful Sunshine Coast, and uh, and actually watching my mum and dad build this house while we lived in a caravan on site. Uh, and
2: watched it come oh, up out of the ground. So, Caravan. It uh, was a bit of a stretch. M- more, more of a, a little trailer. shanty town. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I remember having baths in the big clawfoot bathtub, and uh, boiling the urn for hot water. So uh, that's a bit of our, our our working class background. So kind of funny to be sitting here doing a, a high tech podcast uh, with my dad, and uh, you know, sitting in the house that he built. So mm-hmm. oh, I'm getting all all oh. sort of, you know
2: reminiscing and reverie here, oh. but. Uh, <laughs> High-tech podcast.
0: High-tech podcast, yeah. Dad's yeah. looking at me like, well, what the freaking are you the, the talking
2: high about? Well, the high-tech podcast doesn't, doesn't come up to my camera because I still haven't worked it out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we should probably ask, uh, let, let's ask some questions that are relevant to our listeners instead okay. of me just sitting here, you know, having a chat with my old man. Yes. But uh, have you got anything you'd like my dad to share, Michaela?
1: Well, it's probably not related to tradies, oh, but we, we did have an episode a while ago. <laughs> I know what's coming here. Where I asked Warwick, what was something that you did that your parents didn't know about, I'd like to admit on the show? And he talked about some secret magazines that he found. So I needed to ask, did you know he found your secret <laughs> magazines many, many years ago when he was a young un?
2: Well, when, when the boys were young, including our youngest son. They used to have a thing wanting to look in our wardrobes. <laughs>
1: that's funny because that's where the magazines <laughs> were. I used to put little <laughs> signs.
2: My fault. I used to put little signs in our wardrobes. Please keep out. This is private. <laughs> so when they opened the door to go and look, because Lynn thought I was a bit a bit of a worry, but I said, "Well, I'm not going to bash me because it's curiosity. <laughs> because both Lynn and I have always had an open house. Yep. And so I like, can all cut this." snooping around in our business because they thought there was something secret there. So whatever they found, uh, I wouldn't know, but uh, I used to put signs up to say, keep out. Thanks very much for outing me.
1: As if I wasn't going to. Yeah, give I, the know, opportunity. I know, Any Why did you think I wanted to do this podcast? Sink the Let's go and interview your dad. I'll bring My up the magazine day. thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was all a ruse. <laughs> So, uh, so you know, we talk about how the industry, uh, construction, trade industries have changed over the years, and um, Dad, just, just tell our listeners uh, about some of your working career, and if you can do it in, like, you know, 10 minutes or less, um, what's some of the jobs you've had, you know, a bit of your, your background from a working point of view?
2: Right, from well, from early background, I'll make it quick, because it's multiple. Uh, I was a silk screen printer in, in Sydney. Uh, that was all manual work, there was no vacuum tables, no automated uh, arm, it was all muscle work and constant printing. Prior to that I did a bit of plastering, I did a bit of this, did a bit of that and that was terrible, that was in a 16, around a 16 year old.
0: So we're talking like what, late 50s, early 60s? Oh yeah
2: and then uh, I dumped all that and then I just kept looking till I kept finding things because I didn't have a intermediate. Uh, I failed miserably in all my exams. Uh, at school and so i just kept going and going whatever came up i went and did it and i got into display sections in those days they used to have these trucks with big displays on them and you see them of today in some of the other countries you know they have the elaborate displays i used to assist in building those and i went into boat building in a small scale in a factory and then when they went happy with the with, with, you know, boat building or they had some other spot They'd put me in a spray paint and help a guy there, so I was more of a about by the time I was seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and I learnt a lot of skills from that, um, and it moved on from there. And then, uh, and then I met uh, Lynn in the sixties, start of the sixties.
0: That's my mum, by yeah, the way. Yeah, That's his mum.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he th- he thinks that's his mum. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so then from there. Um, we moved on and then uh, down to Canberra, ACT, and Lynn got work readily, but I couldn't get work because my main study was silk screen printing and ACT didn't have that. So I quickly took up washing cars on front lots of, of uh, used lots, and so they promoted me because they looked at them and they said I was a bit more grainy than a car washers. So they gave me a detailing of uh, tidying up sports cars, et cetera, and pulling them apart for a week or two and putting them back together now to sell then they took me to into mechanics and I learned a service mechanicing I did that for a number of years and then I got sick of that and moved on to helping in building of what they call dormobile, which were English conversion of Bedfords and Fords and blah 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 it goes on and on and on so from there I got into building and renovations and and the list doesn't end and uh, so when we came to, to, the, uh, to Queensland uh, I couldn't get work in my field I, I, what just wasn't enough work to keep the family going on uh, in this region because not many people. So I went into contracting on steel sheds, and, which I'd never done before. Uh, End up erecting forty-two by ten, twelve-meter sheds and factories. And,
0: and this is all before the uh, tilt panel concrete yeah. uh, things that we see these days. Is yeah. the, the old steel sheds.
2: Yeah, and so. Uh, and in the end, uh, because the cost factor was terrible and we didn't get rise, we never got a rise by by our contracts. So in the end, we used to have to go out and do them on our own. And uh, so I used to end up putting up the big garages and all that on my own. And Lynn used to drop the boys at school and come out and meet me out in the bush and help me put the roofs on and all that. And then she'd come home in time to get the boys after school. And and that went on and on and on until I took ill health. And then that uh, that knocked the, uh, what they call the mickey out of you. And I went over... Head over teals and I uh, haven't recovered from the ill health. But I've haven't let it stop me, of course. Well, you're still here, so you're doing alright. Yeah, all right. haven't let it stop me.
0: So most of your working, or more of your working life, Dad, was obviously in building and construction around those sort large, of a large
2: percentage. Yep, yep. And
0: mm-hmm. so, how do you think the industry has changed over the years? And is it for the better or for the worse?
2: A lot of areas for the worse. They uh, which I can understand fully, but all this cost structure put on the price of the house now with all the scaffolding structures and the, for blokes to go up and do roofs and all that. We're, I mean, I, I put out my own roof up here on the valley. I, I, I put on a 17-metre gutter on my own, tied on with ropes and hanging out over the edge and rolled the gutter on. That was easy. But these days, there's uh, too many interferences with regulations, rules, blah, 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 But a lot of them, of course, are for safety. I understand that. And that's only natural. Um, But it's gone overboard. It's gone overboard. And so many many people don't have the initiative anymore.
1: And so looking back over the times and all those jobs, what did you enjoy most doing?
2: What I enjoy? Yeah. Anything. Anything and
0: everything. (laughs) You'll learn to ask more direct questions to my dad. I enjoy doing
2: anything and everything, particularly if my lady's with me. Oh. Um, we go in, we've traveled Australia extensively in our, either in our tent on wheels, which we've recently sold, we had a caravans, we've still got a caravan, we had tents, we had a tarpaulin in the early days and a methose burner, and we've always been in the bush. Uh, we've, I worked it out the other day, just for curiosity, we've done a minimum of 100,000 kilometres crisscrossing Australia over our life together. So that's probably what we enjoy most, or I enjoy most, and so does Lynn, because we're really left and right hand. Uh, That's how we become. Um, But I enjoy life. Oh, that's good. I enjoy life as a whole. I mean, there's nothing too hard.
1: Yeah. And so I know we don't like to look back and say we have regrets, but over your working life, would you say you've had any regrets?
2: Yeah, I've had regrets because I wasn't able to apply my intelligence in the Paper side of life in those days, it was called blue and white yep. uh, the workers. Um, and I couldn't break into the intelligence side like a bank teller because yep. I lived with them in the boarding house. I was in a boarding house from a very young age. Uh, that's not a boarding house like a boarding home, it's a boarding house because my mum asked me to leave home because <laughs> uh, she was leaving my father and with the other kids. So I really regret that I didn't have the opportunity of an education. But that's gone. So you've got to build on it. And I've got a couple of brothers who fell by the wayside, particularly one because of lack of education. But uh, I don't worry. I don't worry about anything. If uh, you pick it up and you look at it if, and you make it work, if you can't p- put your hand on it and pick it up and look at it, you just still make it work.
1: Yep.
0: So do you think that it's harder... Or easier for tradies these days given technology when we're sitting here in front of a laptop computer and a mixing desk and you know I'm talking to my tradie clients about using videos and I shot a video with a, a motor mechanic this morning for him to put online so that customers can find him do you think all that sort of stuff makes it easier or harder for tradies in business?
2: I, I think the tradies now are relying on too much technology but they got no. They, I don't think they have any choice because of today's society Everyone relies on technology, electronics. And I don't sit on the fence because I talk to a lot of people on building sites. I talk to the ones around us over the years. I'm a bit of a chatter and I just walk up to anyone in business and I ask them how much rent they're paying here. And I get on side with people very easy. And, uh, and I think the biggest problem is the demand by the public. And that's all the electronics. It's all the expectations. It's all the fear. Fear of uh, someone getting injured. It's the fear of someone... Uh, not making enough money There's too much fear, you know. We just went out and did it. Mm. You just did it, and you, you didn't worry about it if you fell over and broke a bloody leg or uh whatever. But now the restrictions—they got to wear bloody fluoro clothes and burn burning the sun because they might get sunburnt. I mean, I got—I'm I got, covering cancers, but I'm still going 73, and I'm, I'm, the cancer hasn't got me quite yet. Yep. Even though I've got some similar, but it's hard for tradies because. There's a young bloke over the, over the corner from us. He's, th- he's 30. He employs a bloke at 30. and He's in his second year apprenticeship. He's got another bloke at 20 in his couple of years apprenticeship. And he finds it hard because uh, he just can't get the flow of work. Um, he tries every different avenue. I don't know what he's trying, not trying, but all he does is go on 24-7 like I did. No different.
1: Yeah. And so if you could talk to your 20-year-old tradie self, what would you want to tell him?
2: What would I tell him? I'd tell him number one, if he's twenty, by twenty years old he should be a man. If he's not a man by the time he's twenty he's got no chance. Okay. What I mean by a man, I don't mean a football kicker or or a, a, a mate basher or anything. What I'm talking about a man is confronting the issues, moving on through life. Whatever whatever you do, you grasp it by the collar or by the neck and air day you said. Yep. And and you make it work and this whinging and bitching and moaning about I've got a mortgage or this or that or I've got to pay my car off. Yep. Um, I, I was smart. When I ran out of money to pay my car off, I met Lynn. She paid it off. <laughs> so you've got to keep moving along, you know. You so got find,
0: to f- find a chick with money and that solves
2: all your problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so the problem is a young bloke at 20, I've met a quite a few because we talked to them a lot. And we watch, watched the show last night. It was very rewarding and there's most of them around their 20s. And uh, But to meet him in the streets awkward because people of today don't want to talk. Yep. And that's the biggest downfall. So a bloke at 20, the Wells, his oyster, uh, he needs to respect everyone around him. He needs to respect particularly women. Yep. He needs to respect what he's about. And uh, above all, he has to respect himself. If he doesn't respect and love himself, he can't give out to the people around him. Um, if he's got doubts and hits drugs and all this, if you if you love yourself and respect yourself, you won't hit drugs, you won't go on the booze and you'll do nothing but good.
1: Good advice.
2: So,
0: Dad, we talk on the show about... Uh, and I know you've listened to a couple of episodes and, fortunately, I think you picked the ones where I wasn't bagging you out. But, um, but we talk on the show a lot about tradies, I guess, um, struggling with all the things they have to do, but also... Customers seem to have this um, problem with getting tradies to turn up on time and do the job properly or do what they're asked, you know, clean up after themselves and then even send an invoice and all that sort of stuff. I mean... You've obviously come through, I suppose, what most people would consider old school because, you know, you're not a spring chicken, but you're still looking all right, Dad. Um, what what do you think has changed and why – was
2: was it like that when you were in the trades? No, well, the problem problem I go over regularly with my darling and so forth and other people, not just in our age group, but the people who are serious in their 30s, 40s. But in our age group, discipline is critical, and that doesn't mean bashing that doesn't mean kicking discipline is guidance direction and all of us need guidance and direction if we make a mistake or we fall over you need someone to guide you and direct you and tell you now what happens because they have all these problems they're not disciplined you've got to be disciplined in yourself you've got to have complete discipline Um, whatever you do in life it doesn't matter whether you're doing the kitchen and you're cutting your meet up or something, you've got to be disciplined because the knife will cut your bloody finger off, won't it? And it goes on and on and on. So I think it's discipline is the major problem they have that they can't deal with what they're doing. Does that make sense? Mostly.
0: Most of what you say makes sense to me, Dad. Were but you listening? I've, I've Were you been, listening? I've been hanging out with you for a, a while now, <laughs> yeah. so... Uh, So, you know, if tradies are looking to improve their business, and I know you've had, you've worked with a lot of trades over the years, both, uh, you know, alongside them and as a foreman and that sort of stuff. Uh, What are some of the things, you know, you talk about discipline, but um, what are some of the things that they could do or change from your perspective?
2: Well, that comes to the discipline, self-esteem, have a goal. Have a dream. But what about the way they run their business? Like, Well, most people most people on this earth wouldn't have a clue how to run their own household uh, finances. Uh, and you have to be disciplined. There you go again. You've got to be disciplined to sit down like we do. We did it in the early days and we accounted for every cent. We saw those days it was pennies and we had ledgers. And we accounted for every little cent, cent and, or, or, or pennies and then cents and dollars. And we still do it today. Even in our late, late 70s, we still do it today, and you've got to be extremely disciplined with all that. And then you've got to have a, a want to succeed. Um, I've gone off a track here, right <laughs> No, it's okay. And um, and <laughs> you, you want to have a want to succeed and move move forward. And you can't do that if you um, let the negatives move in.
1: So I understand why you're always saying, know your numbers. I now know where you get that from. It's <laughs> so all he says, know your numbers, know your numbers.
0: That's right. That's right. It's not just my accounting uh, background. Right, yes. Yes. It starts at home. Yes. Uh, so look, we're sitting here with my dad and um, I think it really highlights the impact of the mentors that we have in our lives. And for our listeners uh, in business, it's really important that we have strong mentors and people who we can look to, whether it's our parents or um, co-workers or employers or whoever it might be that give us guidance in life. Um, Dad, who were some of your mentors or people that really guided you through your life?
2: Well, my mentors were my aunties and uncles. Now, I never saw them much, but I look forward to seeing them because I didn't have that guidance from my father. He was a serious uh, alcoholic, which in 20 through 30 40 years later i realized it was the war that created this problem same as uh, one of my uncles and a couple others and and that created problems but i don't condone it what they did but they they, they couldn't deal with it but um
0: the the line of thinking was who were your mentors
2: yeah so i used to watch my father well, he wasn't much of a guy, with the, with the grog and bashings and my eldest brother used to save us; He was the father, mother, and brother, and everything. so he was a huge mentor, which he still is today. But as I moved through life, I got another brother took up building, and he used to take me to the his boss's place and uh, show, introduce me and I used to be awestruck that he would take a young teenage boy to meet his bosses and introduce me and so I got a lot of encouragement from there and my uncles and aunties because they were all in business. Uh, one was panel beating the shop he had and uh, others grew orcas and used to ship them overseas and well, there's multiple, multiple things. One was musicians and, and, and I, knew, I learned a lot. I used to ride around with a push bike and annoy the buggery out of them and they'd tell me to piss off, you know, but it used to, uh, used to be quite good.
0: So what were what some of the, the, I guess, best lessons that they taught you, some of those people?
2: Well, You're going to say it's, discipline it's again. It's a good aren't you? one. My mum, taught me, <laughs> it's a good one. My mum taught me. Taught me was was you just walk tall, walk straight, and look the world right in the eye. I think they wrote a song about that. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> mumma told me when I was about knee high. So that's very critical. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's another thing that I learned with my mentor structure, and it reinforced what I learned myself, was when I had problems in my life because I was pretty uh, pretty ordinary, ter- terrible sort of life when I was a young bloke. Yeah, I, I enjoyed my life because like I'd have to go and clear my rabbit traps before I we went to school in the morning. And this is when I was eight, nineteen, and and so forth and so on, and spinning guern to help feed the family. And we all had the alternate doing all that. Um, but as you move along through life, you, your mentors are everyone you're up shoulders with. As you move along through life, the dairy farmer next door, and it went on and on and on. And you pick up all these little bits and pieces, and you digest them, and and you put it together.
1: So. A lot of our uh, tradies listening and their wives are listening, you know, run businesses together, um, husband and wife. So Ex- they, Excellent. Yeah, so being married 51 years, what's the secret to a good marriage?
2: The secret to a good marriage and a business is the same. You've know, got to absolutely respect one another. You've got to really have the uh, ultimate um, trust and and the feeling and the compassion and Everything works, and you've got to both rely on one another. Either one or the other is not better than the other, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got to put it together in the mix and bowl and you come up with a good cake. And uh, the successful, a lot of people are not envious of us, but um, we sort of can consider more iconly than me because. Even at this age, we, we still went up the Cape. My wife had cancer, serious cancer. She said, we'll buy an off-road trailer. I said, you bloody man!" She said, no, we'll buy an off-road trailer. I can't take the car in. So she was well and truly in the middle of a cancer and serious cancer. So we went up the Cape York and we struck 138 kilometres of mud the first bloody day and I'm driving a Commodore, uh, a Ventra. And, uh, and it was just an unbelievable the amount of blokes in Forbes come up and gave me a lot of encouragement. So they were meant too. Yeah, yeah. So it goes on and on and on, you know. But but you've got to have faith and belief and trust, and and admiration of one another and praise. I praise my wife twenty. Well, ask her twenty four times a day, and sometimes she might say, "Oh, that's nice." <laughs> she
1: She's she. <laughs>
0: My mum is actually sitting in the room in the in in the family so, lounge room as we record this and I I don't know if she's over there taking <laughs> notes for later or not, but uh just watch yourself, Dad.
1: We'll get her on for Mother's Day so she can <laughs> recover. <rip
0: up>. Yes. <laughs> uh so Dad, do you ever wish we'd gone into business together? Because I've I've shared with our listeners that uh you know, what I probably Wanted to do when I left school was go on the tools with you or become a motor mechanic or something. So you know, my inner tradie was there, and uh, you know we decided as a family that I was uh, you know I had the ability and went off to university and did business school and all that sort of stuff. So it's led me down
2: a different pathway. But do you ever do you ever wonder what we could have created together, Dad, in the trades? Well, I, I wondered. I knew that at the start we could have been pretty good, but as time went on, I realised it would have been probably better than I reckoned because you were intelligent enough when i was then like um warwick had a photographic memory like his mum and that was not a problem in his learning um he had physical ability because he used to help kill us Kill our uh, animals. We used to kill uh, a truck line and duck line and a turkey line. And there's something our listeners didn't and know. About we used me. to do all that stuff. And uh, we didn't and, just
0: kill them for the fun of it. Okay, we we grew our own uh, meat birds and stuff. Yeah, we, we
2: and we we wanted to give our boys a, a, a complete chance of the good quality foods. And we grew our own vegetables. And I was trying to work in between. It was pretty awkward. My wife uh, Lynn worked her tail off twenty four seven, and of course I had to, because otherwise I'd be ashamed if I didn't. <laughs> And so um, all these things that go on and on. So
0: so you kind of wish we'd gone into business together?
2: And uh, going into business together, well, I could see you'd come down like I did. Um, the pay was terrible. Uh, the pay was absolutely terrible. And uh, the work wasn't there uh, because I'm not knocking Queenslanders, but they hadn't moved forward uh, in comparison to Victoria and New South Wales and um we've
0: we've just upset about 80 percent of our listeners as well uh, so g'day to all the
2: queenslanders and we did share
1: that we are from new south wales so oh right so you guys are like kindred spirits and the point the point
2: is it's all lifted up since but but the point is i felt well you've got the intelligence to do better and my wife said to me i got threatened when we before we had kids she said if we're going to have kids i want them to have a good education and looked at me and i had a complex (laughs) Because how old were you when you left school, Dad? Oh, I left school
0: a bit over 15. Yep. So, uh...
1: Well, I have a question. Oh, so, okay. your mark has got a, a young daughter, and I'd love to know what parenting father advice would you like to give him? Oh, here we go. <laughs> father's life? Yeah, fa- I, I father's life.
2: I try to not interfere with our son's lives because their wives and their lives with their wives is their life. Yep. Um... So I try just to ask, generally speaking. I try <laughs> to ask being Good luck trying to keep him on track. <laughs> I've already given him one pointer at the christening. <laughs> and said your children aren't yours; they're only on loan. Right. And it goes on and on from there. And um, but the point is, they're not only only on uh, loan. You are you're only there as a guide. When you go in the bush and that, you get a ranger to show you around and guide you through the bush and explain the all the trees and the birds and the peanuts or whatever the hell's hanging about around your head and something falls on your head and the, the ranger tells you what that is and, yep. and that's what you should be doing with the child you should be guiding them through the little minefields and the big minefields and you should be there when they need you not when they want you there's a big difference yep. because kids will really twist your fingers around they want you all the time and in the end you're running around like a fruit loop coming back and forth to the kids and all the time that's just because they want to have control
1: so, what's your proudest moment of your son? Famous. Your proudest moment of your son.
2: Proudest moment. Oh, quite quite a lot of them. Um, you could put them all in one basket, I suppose. But. Daddy's doing you know, a, had a, a lot podcast of proud, with me. proud Matt? moments because. Uh,
0: I don't think he was going to say that, Michaela.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Warwick, Warwick's achieved a, a lot in life. He's had a lot of. Sad times. Lynn and I mumbled behind his back when he's told us he's going to do this next and, that, and next, and we'd say he's bloody mad. What's he doing that for?
0: Like podcast with Michaela. <laughs>
2: and uh, now I'm talking about the, in the early stages. But what it is, it's, it's really immaterial what people's opinions are, because we're all, all opinionated. Some, are, some of us are more opinionated than others. We're opinionated of our sons and daughters and mothers and wives. It doesn't matter. But the point is, you've got to support, even if, if you don't like it you Just got to support it. Yep. And and the proudest times in, in our life with Warwick was when he was born, number one, because uh, we weren't going to have kids. We were going to raise dogs, according to my wife. I, I have been known to bark <laughs> at people occasionally. <laughs> so you're and, up from uh, a dog. Uh, <laughs> so we decided, well, I said, I'm not on a bloody dog farm. we better raise some kids. And uh, so that's what happened pretty late in life for our that, that era. And uh, But the proudest moment with Warwick is many, many times over and... Probably the last one to just reboot it was the award from Sunshine Coast Business. That was nice. Aww. And uh, that was that was pretty rewarding because uh, the trouble is, see, as a parent, it's like when you travel. We, we, we've got so smart. What do what we watch on bloody television now? We don't enjoy it because we've been there. Yep. And it gets annoying because you don't think you're going to be like that. Yep. And with your, with your kids, if they're capable, whether they're financially capable... Sexual, it's immaterial. As long as they're capable of making life happen, yep. And we're proud of Warwick, what he does, and our other son, extremely proud of them. But we still don't own them. They're not ours. Yep. They're they're their own people. People say, oh, you must be proud. I say, of course, I'm proud of them. But they're their own people. Go and ask them what they reckon about life, you know. <laughs> because we only we only broke the we only broke the shell. They popped out of the shell, put their head out. And Neil was a sad one because I tried to push him back because he's supposed to be a girl. And uh, so... <laughs> so there you a, go. He had a hard start. <laughs> so no, the proudest moments in life is whichever you choose, but... It's all it's all full of pride. It's all full of love. All yeah. full of niceties. Well
1: I think you've done a great job breaking the shell because oh, I thanks, think he's McCann. a top bloke. Oh, so you've a great up now. Good on you. Yeah, because
0: yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want me to do the blooper reel where she keeps stuffing <laughs> up, up on the show. Up now. Uh, so
2: no, no, the point of all of us is equality, yeah. respect, love. Even if you don't, people. I used to say to people, and we know a little bit. I'll say, I say I've quite love you and all that sort of stuff. And people would take be taken aback. I said, "Well, I'm not going to hop in the cot with you, but I love you." And but people got a funny, funny thing about all this, you know. I love our dogs. I just love our dogs to death, you know. But uh, they don't get in their bloody bed. They they (laughs) want to, but they're not no way in the world. Once he gets warmed up,
0: you can see where I get my ability to speak from, don't (laughs) you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He taught me everything I know in that respect. But
2: it's pride in your family, pride in your work, pride in. Your, your mate, whether male or female, um, the pride and, and emotions. I look at my wife every day and she makes me feel good, even when she looks ugly. <laughs> and she still makes me feel good.
1: She never would be ugly, though, would she?
2: Nah, no, never of been ugly not. in her life. <laughs> all right, so, so back on track.
1: We loved. This is our final question we ask all our guests. If you had a 1,000 tradies in the room, what would be the one message you'd want to give them?
2: Stand up. Stand up straight.
1: Okay.
2: Is that good enough? It's deep, isn't
1: it? It's very deep. It's the shortest. <laughs> for the we've business had. Show, Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time and inviting us into your wonderful home well, that it's you've not very built. Much time
2: we could go on forever, couldn't we? We could, but uh, I don't could, know Dad, that our yeah. listeners
1: would be. I think, you know
0: yeah. <laughs> they might not stick it out. <laughs> uh, so, um, so we... happy
1: Father's Day for Sunday. Have you got him a present yet?
2: Yeah. No, okay, we don't worry joking. about that. Yeah, I've we've We've got to an age where you don't need presents. You always need As long as you get a phone seconds. call or a card or email no. or something.
1: You've got to say, yeah, I always like presents. Come on.
2: Yeah, yeah, he got I'll, a present 40-something years go, ago. He, got <laughs> me, he gave <laughs> me a <laughs> bottle of beer. He found in the old op shop down there the other day. <laughs>
0: So, Dad, thanks for thanks for being on the show. I know we could talk for a lot longer because you, you are quite gifted in that respect and thank you for passing that gene on to you, me
2: as you well. Blame, you blame your grandma and me, your, your mother's side.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we will stick a photo of me and my dad uh, up on the show page for this episode. And uh
1: and you know what I don't have my dad here anymore so you should be very grateful that you're able to have this chat and I wish more than anything that I could get my dad on the podcast he doesn't talk as much so it wouldn't be as entertaining but <laughs> you know you got to be grateful so
0: And you know what I uh I saw a really cool list of questions um to do an interview with people you love or, or care about um, so it's a great thing uh, and it's been very humbling actually sitting here listening to my dad because I've heard lots of his stories obviously quite what, a few why, times throughout why, is life. Hu- why is it humbling? Stop cutting in uh, this is my show uh, but for, for our listeners you know Go back and talk to some of your mentors, uh, the people that you look up to that have helped you out in your life and, and just ask them some questions. They don't have to be the questions we've asked today, but, but it's it's quite a, it's quite a soul-searching exercise to uh, read through those and I'll find that list of questions um, to go and literally interview the people around you. So, um, Dad, thanks again for uh,
2: submitting to the process. I know you didn't really have a choice. And I was just... If you know, day, life, one going to have the last ask bit. Okay. Doris Day used to sing when I was a young bloke because I used to question why my father was an alcoholic and bashed us all up and all that. I used to walk around the bush and sing Doris Day's song, Que Sarah. whatever will be, will be. Que sera, sera And on that note, so, yeah. until next time, bye. A-ray.
0: You've been listening to The Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at com.